Hey guys, welcome back to Kingdom Talk with me, Marie Lewis. And listen, it has been a long three weeks, but we're here and we're back and we're going to start off from where we left off, right? So we're still on answering the call. And during these past three weeks, God have been speaking to me about so many things. And you know, a lot of people believe that answering the call is just a five-fold ministry. It's way more than that. It's way more. There's God has created this big world and he put all of us in there. And all of us have a mission to complete an assignment for him. But in order to complete that assignment, we have to first say either yes or no. Because there's a lot of missions that was aborted. There's a lot of missions that was rejected. There's a lot of assignments that people did turn their head to. And so it's very easy to say no to God. It's very easy. And you won't even notice it. And even for me, I'll be like, oh my God, I don't want to, I don't feel like recording today. And then as soon as that thought come in my head, and then I remember it's not about me. It's about saying yes to God. But when you answer the call, there are so many things. You're literally coming into agreement with God. Sorry, you're literally saying yes to God. Matter of fact, there's a Bible verse that says, um, if you ask anything according to his will, he hear you. And if he hear you, that means whatever you ask for, you already received. So when you ask according to his will, you already received it. So when you say yes to God and whatever he called you into, whether it's the job, the husband, having more children, whatever it is that God has called you to, when you say yes to that, there is no way you will fail in life. Because that means now you are walking the path that God created for you. So it's 1 John 5, verse 13. And it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask for. So whatever we ask him for, we know that what we ask him for, we have it, right? So when you say yes to God, you're saying yes to the call. I mean, you're coming into agreement with his will. You're coming into the agreement with the path that he has for you. So that means everything that you're praying for. Everything that you're asking for, you already you're receive you're receiving it, or you're going to receive it. It's basically saying you don't even have to ask him because you're walking according to his will, so everything's gonna fall into place. Everything will fall into place for your life in your life. There is no way you can fail when you come into agreement with God. You're making your it's like a business contract. That business will not fail. You're literally saying, okay, God, you want me to do this on this earth. So today I'm going to have to go to work as a teacher. The kids kind of annoy me, God. But if this is what you have for me, I'm going to do it. I'm saying yes to you. And he's shaking your hand. Okay, we agree to this. So now you're walking the path that he creates for you. Not the path that you created for yourself. But what happens when you answer, when you come, when you're not in agreement with him? When you're saying no to him? Let's read, right? So now the other day I was reading Second Chronicles, 
um, 33. And I believe it is verse, Second Chronicles 33, and I'm going to start from verse 2. And I'm going to read all the way down just so you can see what happens when you're not in agreement with God's will and when you're in agreement with God. When you're walking, the, when you're living the, am I saying it right? When you're going in his will. That's on the so wrong, but I'm going to say that. When you're walking the path that God created for you. When this literally is not my will, but it's yours. It's not your will, but it's God's will on your life. So now listen, right? It says, and I'm going to start. This is 2 Chronicles 33, verse 2. Matter of fact, let me start from 1. And yes, I will butcher this name because it looks like I'm going to say it wrong. But it said, Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did evil. Listen to this. This is verse 2. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the despicable practices of the nation. The Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had demolished. He also built altars to the Baal, to Baal and made Asheria poles. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped them. He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. In both courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. Starry hosts. He sacrificed his children in the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, practiced divination and witchcraft, sought omens and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. I'm going to stop right there before I continue, right? Wait, let me continue. He took the image. This is now verse 7. He took the image he had made and put it in God's temple, of which God has said to David and his son Solomon. In this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not again make my feet of the Israelite leave the land I assigned to your ancestors. If only they will be careful to do everything I command them concerning all the laws, decrees, and regulations given through Moses. So I'm going to stop right there before I continue. So all of this right now is saying that he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So that means he was king, right? So he was king and there was a call on his life to be king. And there was a way that he was supposed to lead the people. And he chose to do otherwise. He chose to go his own path. And when he did that, he did so much evil. He said that it, it made God angry. He was worshiping the starry host. He was building altars. And that said, it arose. It said, the eyes of the Lord. He did so much even the eyes of the Lord that arose his anger. It made God angry. And what happened? Let's continue, right? Then it says, this is verse 10 now. I skipped verse 9 because it's still talking about the evil that he did. Let's go to verse 10. What happened? Because he was out of God's will. 
Because it was not God's will for him to do those things. It was not God's will for him to lead other people into wickedness, to lead other people into evil. That was his will. That was his choice, his decision, his path. So then it says in verse 10, the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. So the Lord brought against them the army commanders of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. In his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. So because he was not aligned with God, God brought evil to him. God brought pain to him. God put him in bondage because when God created him and called him to be king, that was not what he had planned for him. He was not supposed to go that route. That was not God's will for him. So he was not in agreement with God because he went against everything God believed in, everything God wanted him to do. But when he was put in bondage, When he became a prisoner, he sought God and God is so good that God had mercy. God still favored him. Then after that, it says in verse 14. Okay, I'm going to just paraphrase. So from 14 to 15, it says that he got rid of everything. All the way God set him free. He got rid of all the altars that he built. He stopped worshiping the stuff that he was worshiping. All the foreign gods, he removed their images from the temple of the Lord. And then he restored the altar of the Lord by and sacrificed fellowship, fellowship offering and thanks offering to in on it. And when you continue to read, right, it ends up saying at the end, at the end of his life, at the end of his life, that he died and he ended up being buried with his ancestors. Mind you, there are people who did so much wicked that God didn't let them be buried. He, they were not buried in the palace with their ancestors. And it said, Manasseh rested with his ancestors and was buried in his palace. There's another, there's another one that says about Josiah, right? And this is, listen, so now this is what happened when you do right by God. When you walk in his will, when you come into agreement with God and everything that he has planned. So if you go to the next one, um, Second Chronicles 34, and you read verse 1, it will pretty much read the whole chapter, that whole chapter. It's going to show that Josiah, right? I'm going to read the first chapter, and I'm going to read, I mean, the, the first verse, I'm going to read the, the first verse, I'm going to read the last one. So the first one said, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem, Jerusalem for 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. So that means he never turned away from God. He never did wicked to God. 
And because of that, if you read on, you're going to see everything that he did. Then you read the last chapter, chapter 33, right? Verse 33. Sorry. It said, Josiah removed all the detestable idols from all the territories belonging to the Israelites. And he had all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. As long as he lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord, the God of their ancestors. So that means God trusted him with those people. He did what was right. And because he did what was right, they did what was right. When you're coming into agreement with God, when you're walking and living the will of God, it don't only affect you, it affects others. When, you come, when you're not in agreement with God and you're not living the life he has for you and you're not walking the path he has for you, it doesn't only affect you, it affects others. Josiah was in God's will and all of them, all of the people that followed him did right by God. Manasseh started off doing evil. And although he turned around and he, and, and, and he started doing good for the Lord, the people who, who, he, who he was leading still did bad, still did evil. They still chose to serve other idols. They still chose to worship the starry host. I tell myself all the time, it's not about me, it's about God. This is not my life. This is my life. This is not my will, but let your will be done unto my life. There is no way you will fail if you live the life God intended for you to live. If you come into agreement with him. There is no way. And a lot of the times, what God wants for us, we don't really want for ourselves. We don't want it for ourselves because we can't see past that. We don't see the outcome. We don't see the the um the blessings. We don't see what God actually has planned. We just look at it. Ooh, this is gonna be hard. This is not something I really want to do. I remember when God called me to be a teacher for many years. I said, "Teacher, this is not for me. I want to do that job." Um, I even said, "I heard God tell me don't do it." And I remember one night I had a dream. I was in a football field, a high school football field, and all the kids was running toward me singing this song that said, I need you, I need you. And I woke up saying, oh, and I knew that God got you from God, but I couldn't accept it because it's not what I wanted. I didn't want the life of a teacher. I didn't want the pay of a teacher. I didn't want to have to deal with the things teachers deal with. But when I started to say yes, and I began to walk in that way, doors began to open. When I began to walk the path that God had for me, people's lives were being changed within the school. And I'm not even talking about course, I'm talking about the actual students, families being restored, people giving their life to Christ. People wanting to know about God. People learning when they thought they had problems. Things begin to shift. And I, even then, I'm like, oh, no, God, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And the God is showing me, you don't tell me, you don't see what I have planned. I just want you to walk this path. I want you to say yes to me. 
It's very easy to say no. But when you say no, what are you saying no to? Who are you saying no to? A lot of people have this thing in their head that they believe that their life is their own. They make the decisions. They choose what they want to do. They, and when you look at their lives, they even they could be making money and still be depressed and still fighting things. Because people think, oh, it's all about how much money you have. And I make a lot of money, so I ain't got to do this, even though God called me to it. But then why are you depressed? Why are you sad? Why your man can't stay with you? Why your kids don't like you? Why are you unmarried? Because you're not walking the path God created for you. You're not in agreement with God. I remember today I had to come recording. You know, it's a it's a it's the daily thing that you have to taste. I'm not doing this for me. Let me decrease so you can increase. This is not my life but yours. You have to really surrender it to God. You have to really surrender it to God. Because if you don't surrender it to God, you're surrendering it to the enemy. Your life is not your own. Although a lot of people want to believe that, it's not. And this is why suicidal rates are high. This is why there are a lot of depressed people. Because they're living a life that's not meant for them to live. They're not in agreement with God. And then they're wondering. I'm doing everything right. Why is my life this way? Because you didn't come into agreement with God. You're not living in his will, but in your own. When you say yes to God, when you answer the call, I'm telling you doors will open. When I close the door, when I told God, oh, no, that's not for me. I'm hearing wrong. Every door was closed in my life. Nothing was opening. And as soon as I began to walk back, it is crazy I even got there. That's just crazy. Like, that's a story for another day. But then when I began to walk the path that God had for me, the doors began to open. The pain began to increase. I began to have peace when there should be chaos. How? Because this is the will that this is the life that God created from. This is the path that He wants me to walk in, walk on. And as long as you keep saying no, your life will never change. You literally have to decrease so He can increase. Even coming to record today, I got up for work every Friday. I get up for work early. And Instead of going home early and resting before I get the kids, I have to come record. And at times, I don't want to do it. I'm like, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. This is not for me. I got to leave. I'll come back down here to record. I don't want to do this. And then God says, cool path. Which path do you want to take? And then God reminded me of a dream that I had. Of him telling me everything that I learned, everything that I'm learning, all the revelations that I'm getting is not for me. He wanted want me to give it up. He want me to share it. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. 
okay, God, I'm not doing this for me. I'm not doing this for nobody else but to please you. Do you know the blessings that come with pleasing the Lord? Hey, do you know whenever you are in disagreement with God, you're doing evil. You don't have to physically be doing witchcraft. Once you say no to God, it's evil. It's wicked. You have to learn to come into agreement with God. It will change your life. He sees things that we don't see. I could not understand why he want me to be a teacher. I still won't get it. I'm like, God, that's not what I wanted. But then, God, God knows. He knows why. So he knows why he wants you to be with that person. He knows why he wants you to do that job. He knows why he sent you to where he sent you. It is not your room, but his. And as long as you continue to walk the path that God created for you, you will never fail. Josiah did good in the eyes of the Lord. He did good in the eyes of the Lord. And he lived a good life. Everybody under him did well. They all continued to to, to worship God. They all continued. But all right, guys. I'm going to end right there. Like I said, I wasn't going to be long, but it looked like I talked a little too much. So peace out. See y'all next week. By the grace of God, if it's in God's will. Like, share, and subscribe. Comment below if this was something I was able to help you. Like I said, we're here to learn and grow together. This is Marie Lewis from Kingdom Talk. Peace out.